2: Hold up. Tess, I want to ask you a question real quick. Let's just keep a real straight shot with No Chaser. I'm going to get a little bit rough. No, we here. Who we? I'm here for it. those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight Shot No Chaser with your girl Tesla Figaro on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, everybody? This is Straight Shot No Chaser with Tesla and Figaro. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on iHeartRadio on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I want to talk to you today about my gun control personal contradictions. My gun control personal contradictions. I hope that I am able to say something uh, in your life that either blesses you, challenges you, confronts you, uh, pricks your conscience in order to think broadly about this topic and take what I am saying as an opportunity to have a discussion among yourself, not folks on Twitter, not folks on IG, not complete strangers that you do not know, not trying to convince me, but an opportunity to talk about gun control, where you stand with your family. Like I always say, use it, lose it, can't make you choose it. I am nonpartisan. I do not belong to a political party. I do not push one ideology over the other. My role, I believe, is to prick the conscious, using the words of Shirley Chisholm of America, in particularly Black America. So I want to say that right now, America is at a crossroads. Not a crossroad that we have not seen before. In fact, the crossroad looks very familiar to Black America. We recognize the signs. In fact, like a GPS, black people as the moral compass of America have predicted what it is that we see. We have always seen the one way street that was systematically created by design that basically tells black America, the government has always told us my way or the highway. We also recognize the dead ends. The system that blocks us in and when you're blocked in, while many communities use that as an opportunity to get close, the opposite effect can also happen where we turn on each other. On Tuesday, I know the families of those who were slain in Buffalo will be at the U.S. Capitol and Attorney Crump asked me if I wanted to join them in that journey. At first, I said yes, and then I said no, and then I said yes again, and then my final answer was no. And it's not often that I am indecisive about what I should do and where I should go. In fact, my, my cousin was teasing me, and she said, you're so wishy-washy. She thought I was going just to D.C. to hang out, and I said, no, I wasn't going to hang out. I was going to watch the families testify and I, it's not that i'm wishy-washy it is that i listen to discernment on my spirit on what i should be involved in and what i should not be involved in and for me it was more important to talk about white supremacy alone and that alone and not gun control although gun control should be talked about i wanted for me and where i stand because i can't control the narrative of the media and what clips they take and how they they take the story and do what they want to do with it. For me, I have to control my position and where I stand. And for those of you who have heard a lot of things about Attorney Crump, I want to dismiss this particular lie, and I have no problem with people criticizing him, but you have to understand that those who criticize him have never worked with him, uh, don't even know the man. So I do want to say this. That him and I fall often on different sides of the spectrum on how we see things. And although contrary to popular belief, when you've heard him, heard things about him telling families to forgive and it's never told families anything, at least not in my presence, to tell them what to do. Now, let me be clear. I do not. I repeat, do not support that forgiveness bullshit. And I also understand that a family has a right To move how they want to move. But I want to be clear, that's not where I stand. But I'm saying this to say that he has never challenged me on my position and how I feel. And I credit that as a true leader to me. Because opposed to him, when I told him that I had a conflict with uh, testifying about gun control and white supremacy... Uh, He never tried to talk me into it, What says, you know, this is what we got to do. He said, I respect that. I understand that because to me, I needed it to be all about white supremacy, but I'm not in control, but I am in control of where I stand. And when I am standing on the stage, it needs to be crystal clear to me and my conscience on what I believe. So I told him on Saturday, I think I'm going to pass because my personal contradictions on gun control may not be aligned with those who are in charge of the hearing, those who are in charge of the media, those who have the microphone. And rather than me going there and trying to bogart and over talk folks and beg folks, I just decided to sit home. Every now and then you need to learn how to not be on the stage. There's many opportunities that I have to be on the stage, but I uh, will never stand for something I do not believe in, which is why you don't see me a part of every protest, why you don't see me a part of every hashtag, why you don't see me commenting on everything that goes across the Twitter feed, because I do not believe that I have to have a comment for everything and ride on everything. So I chose to stay home on this particular subject. And the reason why I'm at a crossroads is because how can I, Tesla and Figaro? I'm not talking about y'all on Twitter. I see you. I'm not talking about you on Instagram and you on YouTube. I- I'm talking about Tesla and Figaro. How can Tesla Figaro stand there and talk about gun control when I know that white supremacy will use their guns on us? And I'm not talking about just the physical guns. I'm talking about all of the fire power that they have and when they use that firepower, whether it is the physical, if you're just now following me, you have to understand I use metaphors and analogies because I need you to get it. It's just not the physical firepower, but their influence power that allows them to get away with murdering us. As a veteran, an M60 gunner to be exact, that's a 23-pound weapon that fires 100 rounds at a time. Would it be hypocritical for me to stand there and believe and pretend that I don't believe in black America's right to self-defend? How can I pretend that perhaps if Trayvon Martin or Ahmaud Aubrey, who as a reminder were not killed by police, but Killed by armed white supremacist civilians. Perhaps if Trayvon Martin actually had what George Zimmerman pretended he had, which was a gun opposed to skittles, perhaps the outcome would have been different. Perhaps if Amard was strapped, locked, cocked, and ready to rock to defend himself. Although he was outnumbered, perhaps Ammar's parents would not have been the only one attending their son's funeral. How can I pretend that these things don't exist? How can I take one topic and talk about that one topic but not talk about the others? How can I present to you? not present the 360 degrees. And since I know I'm not only, I'm only gonna have a minute or two on the mic, I know it doesn't allow me an opportunity to present the full case. So I'd rather do it on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube and it doesn't matter to me how many watch, how many subscribe, how many don't share. This is about me putting it down in the atmosphere for my conscious and for your conscious and to take that with you so that you can make a difference in your own life. Many of you say, Oh, yeah. If you had the opportunity, you would do it. No, no, no. I've had many opportunities to be on many stages. I don't clout chase despite popular belief. I have said no more than I've said yes because my name means something to me. And yes, those of you that say, Well, what about gun violence in our community? Can I take a moment to talk to you about that? Because yes, that is devastating as well. My best friend, that I have brought on the show several times. Clifford Johnson was paralyzed three years ago just by standing in the yard at a barbecue, a victim of a drive-by shooting. I was on the phone with him 10 minutes prior, begging him to go home because he was actually tired. Kept saying, I'm tired, I'm gonna fall asleep on the wheel. I said, why don't you go home? I kept saying, why don't you? He kept making stop after stop after stop. I kept saying, go home. He said, I'm going to make one more run. I was on the phone with him when he pulled up and he said, I don't like the way it looks. This doesn't look right. And I said, why don't you go home? Ten minutes later, he called me on FaceTime in the ambulance saying he was shot and paralyzed. So I don't need nobody explaining to me. What gun control means, this has been one of the most devastating, excruciating, trauma-inflicted things that I've ever had to deal with, despite me losing a family member every year for the last 20 years, including both my parents. This one was different because my conscience kept pulling them back, and the enemy kept pulling them forward. And I struggle with that even to this day. This is why, as I explained to you a moment ago, when my conscience say stay, and then Something says go, and then my conscience says stay, and then says go. I I listen to my conscience. It's called the Holy Spirit. It, It says that the Lord has sent you a comforter. So how do I ignore the fact that perhaps if we didn't have violence in our community, He would not be paralyzed. the strongest man that I've ever known since 1994. My protector since 1994. How is it that I have to watch him not be able to move? If you go back and listen to the Gangster Chronicles podcast, he explained how I was the first one there when he opened up his eyes because it was important to me that he knew that even though he could not stand He was not standing alone. How do I forget that in 2013, my 19-year-old baby cousin, Jordan Turner, was shot by kids that pretended to be his friends? He was left in the field for months. It was a closed casket. His mother never had an opportunity to give a proper goodbye. How do I deal with his dad having to identify a decomposed body. Every night, several nights a week, week, his father would call while he was working the late night shift. Someone that I've known that has been strong his whole life. Jordan was my cousin, (coughs) Lynn's son. And Frank would call me at night just to talk, Or sometimes to cry or to sometimes ask why. Because he didn't understand how he was a football coach. Frank is a football coach and and works with thousands of youth every year. Gave his son the game. What to look for, what not to look for, what to avoid. How is it that they took my son from me? Or how do I forget about my 21-year-old cousin, Chantel Mack? who was also murdered a few years later in 2017 by random gunfire at a softball game. How do I forget that she had nothing to do with the streets? Jordan had nothing to do with the streets. Young lives that were taken from us by just being in the crossfire. Or what about just last month? Many of you heard me react in real time on my Instagram when the text came through that told me that one of my closest friend's daughter, 22-year-old Naya Ruffin was shot and murdered by someone who broke down her door. Not a girl in the streets, not somebody that was out selling dope, not somebody that was in violence, but laying on her couch, the door was kicked in and she was murdered and taken away from her family and her young toddler. forget about her and then also how do I forget about Brianna Taylor that was also laying in her bed unarmed and killed by the state so do I wish that all of the people that I mentioned had an opportunity to defend themselves the answer is hell yeah I do do I know that Many of you say that, well, you know, guns, not the answer. Well, what is the answer? Do we keep sitting like sitting ducks? Does it mean that me promoting self-defense means that more wrong people might get guns? I'm not dumb or slow. I understand that when there's guns, criminals are going to get them as well. But do I also understand that two things can be true at the same time and being trained and armed to defend yourself. You got a better chance of making it out alive or my funeral won't be the only funeral that will be going down. How is it that I can stand before anybody and have this conversation when I know I have my own personal contradictions? Right now, liberals are upset that teachers are being asked to carry a weapon. And yes, I have concern that some of those teachers might turn the gun on us. Well, you know, he he got out of control and the only way I could defend myself was to kill him. But, But what difference is that when the state has an opportunity to kill him and get away with it? So it seems that. We're at a parallel, a parallel no matter what the situation. But I won't lie to you and tell you that I would rather my very best friend, my sister, my prayer warrior, Aisha, who's been a teacher for 25 years, has an opportunity to defend herself in the classroom. Never touched a gun, never a violent person, never even a fight. Every fight that she had growing up, I was always the one that stood in the front and said, If you want to fight her, you're going to have to deal with me. So she is nowhere near a violent person. But there's something about knowing she would have an opportunity to defend herself and make it home that I can't lie to you, family. I don't know if it's all the way a bad thing. That's just me, my own personal contradictions, my own personal contradictions of struggling with white supremacy killing us, the state killing us my own personal contradictions of my own people killing us, my own personal contradictions of mass shooters in classrooms, this is the crossroads that we continue to bear. The question is, do we bear arms or not bear arms? And no, I do not believe that a civilian needs an AR-15, but I'm also not dumb enough to know that when an AR-15 is uh, improperly used, that is what we call a criminal. Even if he did not have a prior background, he's committing criminal behavior, whether it's mental illness or just flat out a criminal, whether it's a gang member that's blasting up a whole uh block. The bottom line is they're a criminal. So I don't know if they're going to adhere to the background check anyway. So this is the crossroads that we are at. And I also know that it's not much a pistol can do nine times out of 10 against an AR-14, AR-15. But I know that it happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some woman shot down someone that had an AR-15 and was firing in an open crowd. Does that happen all the time? No. Miss me with your social media. What about ism? comments you always thinking you got a new answer something new oh no but what about this and what about that always thinking you got the most brilliant mind the smartest in the room we could sit here and go through a thousand what about isms and what about this and what about that well what if the person was this or that the bottom line is what i'm telling you is that it's obvious that the leaders don't know you don't know i don't know I encourage you to do what's best for you and your family. Don't listen to me. I don't tell you who to vote for. I don't tell you what political party to join. So I'm damn sure not gonna tell you not to defend yourself. And stop waiting on someone to tell you what is right. Stop waiting on someone to st- to, to be able to stand affirmed in what you believe. That's the problem. You always running looking for an answer. And then y'all make it up as you go. It's so hilarious. This last weekend when Lori Harvey and Michael broke up, I watched all the comments of everybody who ain't never been in a bedroom with them, everybody who ain't never been in their house, everybody who don't know shit about them, came up with all kind of conclusions, where you know it was all just a contract, where you know they say he gave, where you know she didn't want to have no babies, where you know she for the streets, it's so amazing how y'all make it up as you go, with people you ain't never met, and you be standing in that shit so affirmed as if you actually know what you're talking about. I'm here to remind you you don't know what you're talking about and neither do the other person on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. And guess what? That also includes me. The decision is yours. That's why people get disappointed when they say, well, ta- what, 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 what should I do? I don't know. What should you? See, I'm not trying to Create some movement to tell you what to do. The movement I'm creating is to tell you to stand on your own damn feet. People that feel like they got to control your every emotion. I call that manipulation. Oh, no, we need to go do this. We need to do this. Who the hell is we? Who is we? You need to stand on you. Well, well, just, well, just tell me how to vote. Well, how can I tell you how to vote when I don't know nothing about your pocketbook? I don't know nothing about how you live. I don't know nothing about your family. And why would you trust it with me? You don't know me. From a hole in the wall. Social media has... To many of you believe the great equalizer because you believe now that your opinion is important. So because you believe your opinion is important, you read the next person's opinion and you believe that actually they got something to contribute. No, all the time you ain't got nothing to contribute. Sometimes you just need to be quiet. That's why I'm not there Tuesday, because sometimes you need to be quiet and allow your discernment, the most high, to speak to you. And if you don't believe in God, then, hey, I don't have no problem with that either. I'm telling you my personal contradictions, how I move, because I don't have a mentor. I don't have parents on this earth to tell me how to do this and how to do that. I don't have elders from the civil rights community that say, well, you should do this and you should do that. Did nobody put me in this? I've been walking by faith and not by sight. So I've had to figure it out. I've had to know when to listen, when to be quiet, when to speak, when to halt. And yes, even when to clown, even when to check somebody. Oh, well, why do y'all take the time? Tells why do you take the time to do it? Well, I take the time to do it. Not that I do it with everybody that come for me, but I take the time to do it because I believe in scattering spirits. Yeah, 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 I believe. See, I'm truly self-defense. When you come looking for me, I'm gonna send you back to your mommy and them's house. And I don't mean that just in the literal sense, but in the figurative sense and self-defense. Because I don't go picking on nobody on Instagram or Twitter. You don't hear me making video after video about what this contributor said and what that contributor said. No disrespect to the people that do it. I'm telling you how I get out. I only talk about the powers that be. So when somebody comes out and go out of their way to come looking for me, then you get an opportunity to see what y'all saw last week when the chick came looking for me. I'm going to send your ass home and make you regret you ever opened up your mouth. Oh, Teslin, you didn't let us speak. Well, that's because I got anointing in my spirit. I shuts it down. I talk over you. I'm rude. I'm childish. I do all of that because you shouldn't have never walked your ass up on my property. That's how self-defense get down. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 how. Stop expecting me to behave like a civilian. I'm not a civilian. A lot of y'all run, oh, we in war and war and war ain't never been to no war, ain't never been trained to war. I'm a real warrior, for real, really trained for real through the infantry. So why do you expect folks like me that was trained for war, whether I've been to one or not? The bottom line is I raised my hand and said, put me on the front line so they tell you that my brain ain't wrapped up the way your civilized civilian brain is wrapped up, which is taking the high road, which is talking about talking shit from a distance. I like to talk face to face. That's why when people come after me, I say, let's go live, because I need to see your face. I need to see if you're just as strong as your words. And y'all see, once they get on, they stumble with their words. They fumble with their words. They're not as clear. Oh, they seem so strong when all you got to do is read, but when you got to deal with me face-to-face, when I get an opportunity to see if your verbal can really handle my verbal, when there's an opportunity to see if these nouns and verbs and adjectives and my quick wit and all of that and facts come up against you, then we get to see who's really a MC on this microphone. Oh, Teslin, you be humble. I'm just stating facts. I'm an MC on the microphone. I'm a freestyle battle rapper. I've battled many in parking lots after the club. I'm not just saying that. I rap for real. I just didn't know who would be on the microphone in politics. But I'm not surprised because I'm a freestyle battle rapper. That's why it comes off so easy. That's why the metaphors are so easy. That's why the analogy is so easy. And that's why I like to challenge people for battles. Forget all of that. I do a video and you do a video then I do a video. Let's go live and let's let the people see. Let's do a versus. Let's let them all see. That, that, That girl sat up there and recruited everybody to come watch her demise. Let me say it one more time. I tried to go live with just 30 or 40 people watching, but that wasn't good enough. She said, oh, no, no, no. Let's make sure we have a set time so everybody can come watch. I don't have no problem. Mama, I'm trying to save you the humiliation. But instead, you wanted to bring everybody to come sit around and watch you at 3 o'clock on the bus stop, get your ass beat. Has anybody in the comments ever been to school and they said it's going down at 3 o'clock? See, I showed up at 3 o'clock at the bus stop. Let's see what's happening. Let's see if you really are that you say you are. I was trying to bust that ass in the bathroom out of sight because I didn't want to embarrass you. But since you called me on to the carpet, to the bus stop, then I'm just going to go ahead and just have to meet you at the bus stop. And like they said on The Color Purple, we're going to all sit around and whoop your ass. Next time, just take the fade in the bathroom. Next Next time, just meet me Around the corner Don't ever call me to battle Don't ever run up on Mike Tyson On Jet Blue Because you're going to find out why why Mike Tyson Is Mike Tyson Because Mike Tyson don't go around picking fights Nobody that can fight goes around picking fights Because they know once they put them hands on you It's dangerous That's why y'all don't see me Playing games for clickbait One time when I said, hey, sis, I didn't I, di- I didn't, like the fact that Angela Staten King was calling, uh, saying nigga in front of them white folks, because I didn't like the response that the white folks was doing. And she hit me on Twitter in front of everybody. I look forward to coming to the show. I never invited her to the show. But since she said that, oh, yes, ma'am, come on to the show. I can't book it fast enough. See, I'm not the rest of them that like to play on Twitter. Let's do one-on-one and go back and listen to the interview. Respectful. No problem. I listen to her opinion because guess what? I don't have no problem if you pro-life. I don't have no problem if you like if you like Trump. Hell, he got out of jail. Uh, most niggas I know that would have got out of jail, they'd be loyal too. See, I'm not like her, but I don't try to convince you. And see, that's what that girl didn't understand. That girl that actually debated me worked for Angela Staten King. She should have went back and listened to that interview. So I guess she was sitting up like Eminem. Oh, I got my one shot. I'm tired of booking Angela Stanton King for interviews. This is my opportunity to show that I should be the one on the mic. Well, girl, you failed. An epic fail. You should have went and watched your mentor. Your mentor didn't come for me like that because we cut from a very similar cloth. So we didn't have no disrespect. No, the interview for those who are asking what Angela Stanton King is on my podcast, Straight Shot No Chaser. I'm not convincing of you. Hey, you pro-life, you pro-life. I don't give a damn. See, that's the difference. See, y'all So you said, no, 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 you should be this, you should be that. No, no, no. I stand affirmed in what I believe. I stand, and you don't learn nothing else. Stand on what you stand on. So low, don't low. And the record shows it. I won't take too much time on this because I talked about it last week. But all you got to do is go Google. Go Google Tesla Figaro Christian contract. It was just me. Go Google Tesla Figaro NBA lockout. It was just me. Go Google Tesla Figaro Our Revolution. It was just me. That was me. Lawsuits by myself calling out power. The powers that be by myself. No colleagues. No allies, no organization, nobody standing. I was tweeting by myself, talking to the wall. Go Google Tesla Figaro Trice Hill Cemetery. I stood for the dead. So if I'm willing to stand for the dead, then you got to know I'm willing to stand for the alive. So I encourage you. Do what's best for your family because if you let somebody talk you out of self-defense and somebody kick down your door and murder your child, you're going to be wishing that you did something different. However, if you believe that there should be no guns and you've had a loved one taken from you and that pain is attached to a gun, then you too have every right to say, I want to get rid of all guns. It's a utopia. It's not going to happen. But you do have that right to that emotion, to that trauma. And if somebody took your loved one's life and you say, I believe in an eye for an eye and a two for the two, and if the state ain't going to do it, then somebody got to do it, then who am I to judge that either? I'm not encouraging violence. But if I was encouraging violence, oh well. America has been encouraging violence on black bodies for over 400 years. It's a trip when I see black leaders, Always feel like they got to give the disclaimer. I'm not inciting violence, though. I'm not encouraging violence, though. I just want to make it clear. I'm not. What if you was? They inciting it on us. Stand up with your back straight, brother. What if you was encouraging violence? What if you was? You get so nervous what the white folks going to think oh man, I don't don't want no head like they saying I'm in sight violence. Guess what? They're going to say it anyway. Well, we don't want them to look at us. We don't want, when Will Smith slapped the taste out of Chris mouth. well, we don't want the black folks, we don't want the white folks looking at us that kind of way. They already look at you that kind of way. Maybe it's time they start seeing black men slap again. Let me say it one more time. Maybe it's time they see black men slap again. Maybe they need to know that a slap is always on the table. Maybe they'll stop running up with the audacity. And yes, don't waste your time talking about, but Chris Rock, though, that was something different. I know that's something different, Dumbo. I'm talking about the overall message. You're so quick to want to have something to say. I'm talking about the overall message. Maybe it's time that black men slap again. Maybe if they can take cornball wheel and make him get fed up, maybe he can be the symbol that say, if Will Smith is fed up, now don't start typing in the comments, Ig, but really it was about Jaden. and really it was about that. Shut up, Dumbo. We're talking about the main thing being the main thing. Maybe Will Smith can be the symbol to say that if Will Smith is fed up, if the fr- if the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is fed up, then maybe you should be concerned about how they feeling in Compton. But y'all didn't see that though, because you got so caught up. Go back and listen to my podcast about how black voters are getting the Chris Rock slapped out of them. You didn't, you missed all of that because you were so caught up in, in Jada's bedroom and Will's bedroom. And oh Lordy, Lordy, they did it in front of the white folks. We so embarrassed. I remember Tony Crump was there at the Oscars. Oh man, it's just the air left the room. I said, why didn't you ask some of them people in the room? Why didn't some of them celebrities stand up when it come to white supremacy? Why the air don't never get taken out the room when people are murdered? But y'all got so much to say about somebody getting slapped. I don't want to hear it. I call bullshit. You so, oh, man, we just so heartbroken because the white folks ain't going to never invite us back again. Oh, man. And Will Packard was the director. And, oh, man, it made us look so bad. What about the ancestors that was the director, the producer, the cast, everything that built this country? And I don't see none of them talking about reparations. So miss me with this all of a sudden, passion that you got for an executive producer. Miss me with this all of a sudden. You so distraught because you can't stand violence when y'all sit there multimillionaire asses and ain't put nothing on the line to stand for black folks that were shot down in they back. But y'all didn't hear that part because you allowed social media to get you caught up And shit that ain't got nothing to do with shit. Look at the metaphor. Look at the analogy. Look at the signs. That was a sign. The nerve of them who's sitting around here getting slapped by Hollywood. Getting slapped by white supremacists. Being told when to speak, when not to speak. None of them with their rich asses are willing to put anything on the line. Let me correct that. I don't want to say none because some do. Let's use Jamie Foxx for an example. I believe one of the most talented, if not the most talented black man or man, period, in Hollywood. He has consistently spoke up against white supremacy. He also got a lick in when the dude jumped on the stage. To hurt Dave Chappelle, do y'all remember? Can I show you a sign? Do y'all remember that Jamie Foxx came out on the stage and got a lick in and he's an Oscar winner too? Y'all didn't catch that? You didn't see what God was trying to show you. See, he was willing to still risk it all. But that was different. That wasn't the Oscars. Think about the big picture, Dumbo. The bottom line is he knew it would trend. He knew it would get out there. He knew that it could affect him. But when they came for his brother, he was willing to stand. See, in, in Hollywood, they, they they make money, but it, it seemed like it ain't never enough money for him. I'm a middle-class woman. I'm not rich even by a long shot. Why am I willing to stand up and lose it all, the consequences of consciousness? Y'all can't risk 500,000 when y'all damn near at a billion? How much money do you need? How much power do you need? And I ain't got no problem if you want all the money and the power in the world. That's fine, but don't you dare say nothing about we didn't want them white folks to look at us violent because he got up there and slapped him. They already looking at your violent black man. They already looking at your violent black woman. Why do you think they say I fear for my life? So you ain't going to change no hearts and minds of no races. Whatever they're going to do harm to you, they're going to do it. So I say... We're going to all, using the words of Harlem Knights, we're going to all be some fighting motherfuckers in here this evening. At some point, you're going to have to figure it out for yourself. At some point, you're going to have to figure out where you stand. And I'll say this in closing, and i say it all the time, and we'll repeat it every chance I get. In the end of it all, if you believe in the Most High, The question will be asked. There will be dividing up the goat from the sheep. I know y'all love and goat, 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 goat. Everybody a goat in y'all mind. Everybody a goat. Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. Can I tell y'all that in the end, this is what the Bible said, not what I say. It says it's going to divide up the goat from the sheep. But what do you mean the sheep? I'm not a sheep. I don't follow along. Well, of course you don't follow along, man, but the sheep. Is about the shepherd's business, about the least of these. And there will be a distinction. I know y'all done been to funerals and they say we all going to go to heaven what a day it will be. Can I remind you, we all ain't going. Because if we all going, then what the hell am I fighting for? Because I don't want to be among many of you. I, I need there to be a distinction. I need you to know the distinction between me and them over there. Oh, Tesla, you ain't better than them. That ain't what I'm saying. I'm saying I need to know. You need to know the difference. I ain't like you. I ain't like you. I ain't nothing like you. Let's make the distinction. Like the brother the other day that said, we're just like you. No, baby, can't be just like me because we ain't the same. And I say that because at the end, there will be a distinction between those who have been about the shepherd's business and the goat. And the shepherd's business is the least of these. And if you do not find yourself ever on the side of the least of these, then you're going to find yourself on the other side of the gate. Well, I ain't worried about it because I don't believe in no heaven no way. Well, great. If heaven don't exist, I guess you don't have nothing to worry about. But what if it does exist? What if it does exist? And no, I do not preach Jesus passive New Testament Christianity. I believe in Deborah from the book of Judges that said, if you do not deliver my people, General Barack, from the hands of poverty, he will deliver it through the hands of a woman. Oh, there you go with that gender talk. Ain't nobody talking about no damn gender talk. Y'all just make it up as you go. You look for shit to talk about. This weekend, when I made the comment about, uh, um, uh, Omar talking about com- conflating his relationship using a slavery analogy, brother said, well, you stop being mad at successful black men. Uh, you just get mad at this. Why you don't say it with women? That's why I had to repost the clip that showed I checked old girl when she tried to make a false equivalency to slavery. So anytime somebody make a false equivalency to slavery, our trauma, I'm going to tell your ass to shut it up. In my presence. And I damn sure going to say it. When you trying to use that to justify your marriage to a white woman, because I noticed. That the only thing that was trending about Omar was how he had to borrow money from 50 cent. Not one person said anything about that. That's why I made that post. Don't you find it interesting that you're more concerned about if he had to borrow money from 50 cent, but nobody gave two shits about him talking about how he the master and the slave and some mumbo jumbo that didn't even make no damn sense. Not nobody stood up for us. You thought it was a gender thing because I use women. No, I'm talking about men and women. Black people, you keep our trauma out your mouth. And that even means black people keep your trauma out our mouth. If you want to marry the white girl, just say I married the white girl because she was down with me and I love her. I ain't got no problem with that. Many brothers came in the comments and said, I married a white woman, but I would never equate that to slavery. I would never use that type of analogy. I would never equate it to how just because she stood by him. Oh, it shows that she can withstand the same shit black people do. I'm paraphrasing, but go look at the actual quote. The nerve of you to think because she stood by your fine ass that she deserved some type of award to go through what black women go through who stand by our men through thick and thin. The ugly ones, the tall ones, the short ones, the fat ones, the ones in jail, the ones in the grave. We have always stood by men, so we don't give no white woman no cookie for standing by his fine ass. Because somebody said this, I'm not going to say it, but by the looks of his wife, the nerve of her to feel she had another option. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Omar is fine as hell. Where else was she going to go? She don't get no cookie. Hell, I'm standing there with her. About a hundred more standing there waiting in line. If she get out the line, there's a thousand more right behind her. So black women don't give no damn cookie. Oh, but he was praising his wife. Well, you can praise your wife, but keep black women out of it, brother. He spoke in. We, he didn't say me. He spoke in we, Meaning he was speaking on behalf of the collective. He said, Black people, when we see that you can withstand the fire that we've been through, she had a lot of strength that black women didn't know she had. And when we see that you can withstand the fire, we say, oh, you in. Ain't that about a bitch? Ain't that about a bitch? Why wasn't that trending? You you think that's what's standing the fire? Oh, he didn't have nothing when he was uh, coming up as an actor. So what? Lil Ray Ray ain't got shit either. Oh, Cheslin, stop being mad at successful black men. What the hell I'm be mad at somebody successful for when I'm literally putting my life on the line to make sure your black ass is successful? Do y'all even hear what y'all saying? You get so caught up in these YouTube comments and these YouTubers, uh, relationship guru, gurus that have given you these talking points that you can't even separate like who the hell you talking to. It makes no sense to tell me, well, Cheslin, you upset share that black man. Are you dumb, Dumbo? I stand for Black people every day, particularly Black men. I've had more cases with Black men than women. It was Monroe Bird's family that called me and said they' dragging them in the media. Tesla, can you help? And I said yes. So to say, were well, you mad at Black men? You sound like a damn dummy. I mean, literally a dummy. I'm gonna need you to create some new talking points, or at least directed to somebody that makes sense. Because it don't make no sense to say, I'm mad at no black man when I'm fighting for your black ass at the same time. That's one thing true. There can't be two things true at the same time. It don't even make no sense. And trust and believe, anytime I post something for your dumbos out there, anytime I post something, I already know every comeback you got. That's why my captions be so long. Gully TV said, man, you got the longest captions. Yeah, we anti- I'm anti not read over here. We're pro-read. We're pro-paragraph. I set you up in the caption to deal with your comeback because they're all the same. Literally. I know you think you're unique, but I'm kind of good at this. When I put something out there, I already know what the top five comebacks are going to be because I know the people that y'all listen to and I watch them too. So I already know that your shit ain't original Time nine times out of ten. You just be making it up as you go. I don't know if you think this is going to be my one shot and Oh, some producer going to come down in the comments and say, oh, man, we we really like what you had to say. Can you join us tomorrow on MSNBC? That ain't how it works. I've been on this microphone well, way before y'all knew me, over a decade plus. I did it at a radio station in Oklahoma City. I did talk radio in Orlando for years. I've done it on blog talk radio, talking to myself on YouTube. I've been practicing on this mic for a minute. My first show was called Unscripted in Dallas, Texas in 2004 you know what unscripted means? That means no script. I ain't never needed no script. So what make you think, if I've been in the boxing ring sparring for over 20 years, what make you think that all of a sudden, because you done sit up here and listen to somebody else's content, that you think you can handle me? You're going to get your ass knocked out. That's all that's going to happen. You're going to get knocked out. Tells them you ain't always right. This ain't got nothing to do with me always right. I'm saying I got a skill. I'm skilled at this. Remember, every boxer is not always the strongest. Every box is not always the best, but because they have a skill, because they practice a skill, they know exactly where to hit you. There was a time when Mike Tyson, you better hope you don't catch that right, because if you catch that right, it's over with. Shout out to Corey in the building with the Buried Alive Project. Make sure you go check out my interview with him as well as we talked about him coming home from, pri- from prison. So I don't need no black man talking to me about well, you uh, don't be afraid of successful black men. Are y'all crazy? I love the least of these literally and figuratively. Every man I ever been with had a felony, just so y'all know. Oh, you don't need to be promoting it. I ain't promoting it. I'm just telling you my truth. I like the felony type. I like the average at best type. I like the type that got off paper, or about to get off paper, or was on paper. That That's the kind. That's all I know. So don't you come in here with your nose held up at me talking about my love for black men because they call me the hood whisperer for a reason. Oh, but black people, we ain't all hood. I know that. My stepdaddy was a dentist He was a doctor. My house was like the Cosby Show, in the middle of the hood, in North Highlands, which was ran by Peru. So inside the house, it was a doctor. Outside the house, it was gangbanging. And two houses up, it was a crack house. So yeah, I, I, I come from a background where I've experienced it all. Not everything, but pretty diverse. That's why, why do you think I got two degrees? Why do you think I can talk so intelligent and I'm this and I'm that? And still be the hood whisperer all at the same time. Make sure you go listen to Corey Jacobs and I interview. We talked about how we met. We was all on the conference call. Him, me, and some others and, and uh Puff for Puff, aka Diddy, aka Brother Love. I'm the only female on the call. And Corey Jacobs is from New York. And you know how they, you know how New York is always New Yorking. And I'm not from New York, but I know plenty of people that, you know, y'all feel like since y'all New York, can't nobody say nothing to New York. And I don't know, plenty of people come to the South and get their ass whooped. Plenty of people that came to the West and get their ass, ass whooped. But I ain't got no problem. I love New York attitude too. The Timberland Boots all day long. I'm with it. Timberland Boots, hot as hell in the summer with shorts on, standing on the corner. What's happening? I don't have no problem. I love it. Want more of it. Can't see enough of it. Love everything about you. But we were on the conference call. And there was a moment that Corey and I had not really a disagreement. We just, you know, had a different opinion. And Corey was there being his corporate Corey self. And then after he called on the back end, I said, put your Timberland boots on. And now let's talk for real. Because you don't have to guard your way talking with me. I'm not like these other women to get all emotional. Oh, he said it. He was so disrespectful. Oh, he was this. Let's get it in. Let's disagree. Let's get it in. Let's disagree. And and whoever that was just said Oklahoma City, no disrespect you know, to the place that I was born. But th- my, my my swag ain't Oklahoma City. And I'm not trying to say that to this. I'm just being real. It was Spud and everybody that came from the West Coast in 1994 that raised me. It's a West Coast mentality. That's why people think I'm from L.A. It's why I spend so much time in L.A. It's why every boyfriend I've had since the 10th grade been in L.A. So this ain't no Oklahoma City thing. Even though Oklahoma City is the Midwest and you can get your ass whooped. But not everybody had a diverse life in Oklahoma City. I'm talking about my particular life. And I'm not trying to say that to this or say I'm so different and unique. But I want to make that clear. You know why I'm making that clear? A lot of people got to stand behind cities just in this message. They always think, Oh, well, I'm from, like somebody told me, I'm from New York. I don't play that shit. Well, let's go live then. I told them, let's go live. Let's have a conversation. Show me stand up for New York. That shit don't scare me. When I went to the military girl, well, I'm from, uh, I'm from uh, DC. I don't play that shit. I whooped her DC ass. D- I don't have to hide behind no region. Don't none of y- y'all don't stand on what y'all stand on. You got to stand on what you stand on. Well, you know, from Chicago, we don't do that. From Detroit. I, when people say that, I wonder, who are you, though? See, I'm the same everywhere. I've lived in Dallas, Oklahoma City, Chicago, uh, Houston. I can make, I land on my feet everywhere. They fly me to New York to speak, passing over millions who live in New York. So I stand on my own everywhere. It's weak when you tell me that. Well, yeah, they don't know. No, I know plenty of buses in Oklahoma City, just as well as I know buses in New York. Stand down and be you. I'm testing figure. I don't need no different. I don't need no region backing me up. When people say, where are you from? Uh, well, right now, I'm currently from five different states, five different cities. And those are the people that follow me on Instagram. New York, Chicago, Houston, L.A., and Atlanta. So that's where I'm from. You know that's where that's where I'm from? Because those are the five cities that follow what I do. So I'm from whoever fucking with me. Y'all like to be from people from y'all past that you're trying to convince. That, you should, that they should vote you to be the high school prom. I left Oklahoma at 18. So my adult life has been everywhere else. That's what shaped me. So I don't ride for no one particular, oh, well, I, you know, I'm from here and I'm there. That shit don't mean nothing. I'm Tesla figure and I ain't to be fucked with no matter where I live. Now, how about that? Now, how about that? When y'all gonna stand on that? When y'all gonna stand on that? It's always hiding behind a city. Hiding behind a man. Hiding behind a woman, hiding behind Joe Biden, hiding behind an elected official, hiding behind a governor. When are you going to stand on you? Cory will tell you he did time. When they call you to the yard, you got to take that faith by yourself. They say, well, we just going to make sure don't nobody get involved. But you're going to have to take that faith. We want to see what you can do with your own hands. Don't worry about everybody else. That you might be representing a city, but you are a state. Federal penitentiary, they call it a car. You might be representing a certain sector, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to ride for you. Let's see what your hands got because it's your your mouth that keep opening up. So we need to see if them hands align with that mouth. So it ain't about where you from, it's about who you're with, what you stand for, what does it mean? Stop running behind you. They don't know. Ain't nobody divert hell. ain't nobody, trust me, whoever that brother was, Oklahoma City, they ain't never made another me and they never will. And if you find another, You'll find a miracle because it's critical that when I get on the mic, it's lyrical. So you ain't never found another me and you never will. And that, I'm not saying that to be not humble. But if I wasn't humble, what y'all going to do about it? What y'all going to do about it? Y'all can't tell me what to do. Our bottom line is you ain't never find another me. That's the bottom line. So I don't, and I don't represent no one particular region.
0: Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more.
4: I take ibrants, palbocyclip. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrands and visit Ibrance.com.
2: Now, with that said, I hope you enjoyed the message. Please share it with somebody. Well, really, please. I always say use it, loser, can't make it choose it. I say please just to be nice. But in all reality, I'm not begging y'all to do nothing. I don't beg, we boss. That's that's how I go. And that's what if you don't learn nothing else from me, I want you to learn that. Learn how to stop begging all the damn time. Waiting white folks to save you, waiting on a man to save you, waiting on a woman to save you, waiting on the government to save you. We still can fight, but you still have to self-defend yourself, which is what this message was about, but also self-defend yourself economically, spiritually. A defense. Remember, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I used the metaphor Doctor Strange. You have to put up a shield to guide to get negative energy, negative spirits out your life. Self-defense is just not by the weapon. It is by many, many things that are that you cannot see principalities that are beyond just a weapon. But in the meantime, I know this nine millimeter puts you on your back. If you come in my household. So you have to figure out what works for you. And stop waiting to be affirmed all the damn time. Stand up, black woman and black man, and mean and know what you mean and say what you mean and mean what you say. Even if it takes you losing it all. If you like me, I'm I'm used to not having nothing, so losing nothing ain't nothing. Oh, you know I don't I don't want to lose nothing. Well, what well, are you attached to the to the material? I don't give a shit about losing nothing. I lost it all. I done Ubered. I've sold phones. I've had six-figure contracts, payroll every month and had to start all the way over. They don't give a shit about no damn attention. Oh, you just be doing it for attention. Y'all better get get to go look at them throwback pics. I've been getting attention ever since I've been walking in the club. Yeah, the weight loss I just had, that was a five, six-year period in my life. I've been fine as hell my whole life, just in case anybody on here is confused. So walking in the club, get attention. Nobody need no damn attention. Y'all ain't seen the pictures lately? Oh, okay then. Well, it was even finer 20 years ago. So I've been getting attention. So the attention ain't shit to me. She looking for attention from whom? The people that follow me, the men that follow me, uh, be kings any damn way. You know, they don't be that king, queen, and beloved and all that. They so respectful. So it ain't like, I- it ain't like I'm finding some man which y'all woke as y'all too woke. To even approach women. So what attention am I getting? The type of me and I, they don't follow me. They don't they don't even know I exist. So attention from what? And who? And for what? So make sure that the things you say make sense. All right, y'all. You can listen to Straight Shot No Chaser podcast. You can use it, lose it, can't make it choose it. Shout out to the Twitter family for jumping in. I appreciate it. I'm going to try to do more of these. Uh, so people can hear the message. Uh, but shout out to you. Hope you have a wonderful week. I will be traveling the next two weeks at the Tribeca Film Festival and the American Black Film Festival for Ben Crump's, uh, documentary titled Cizzle, uh, Civil. I am in the documentary and I am saying a few words. And if you know me and how I say words, then it all makes sense. And when I say say words, I'm not talking about an interview. Um, it was, they actually captured me when I was out doing something. So, um check it out let me know how you feel and guess what let me say this in advance especially to to y'all on twitter because i know a lot of y'all don't like benjamin crump i don't give a damn let me say it one more time i don't give a damn you have every right to not like who you like i work with plenty of people that you don't like and guess what you work with people that i don't like and the people that don't like him i rock with them too i don't have no problem this is industry shit to me as far as i'm concerned all aligned for one movement towards moving black people forward and I don't give a shit what you like or what you think you know or what you heard. My relationship with him came out of a relationship of a family calling me because they could not get any help from their local attorney. So those of y'all that say, why they always call being crump, I urge you to ask that same question. But you know who I want you to ask? I want you to ask your your state attorney. I want you to ask, sh- surely there's an attorney to live in your city. Why ain't nobody called? Why these families don't call them? Y'all don't think about that part though, do you? Y'all don't think about that. See, they called in, but they don't want to take the case. That, that's why they call Attorney Crump. Cause don't nobody else want to take the case, Dumbo? Oh, we take all the cases. Well, do you think that there's no attorney in your city? Do what? Do you think they're not? They're not. Um, this the advertising's not sufficient. Every day on hip hop, they say, "Call me if you've been injured in an accident." Every day, in hip hop stations all over the country, you see billboards everywhere. So why is it that somebody got to call Attorney Crump outside of their city? Why they don't call their local elected officials? Why they can't call the the, the church and the clergy? Why they can't call the attorneys in your city? Well, that'll answer the question because they don't answer the damn call. Just so so that y'all know, because I know y'all like to make up shit as you go and you listen to people that don't know the man, ain't never met with the man. It is illegal. Let me say it one time, illegal for him to solicit any family. Attorneys don't solicit families. They'll lose their law license. These families call him because when they call him, they have exhausted everything else because nobody, very few people want to fight the white supremacist system in your hometown. They don't mind fighting, uh, slipping falls. They don't mind fighting, since y'all say ambulance chasing, y'all all say that till y'all family be in the ambulance. They don't mind fighting disability cases. They don't mind fighting that type of shit. But when it comes down to fighting police brutality, you gotta fight the DA who they have lunch with. You gotta fight uh, the judges, who they hope look at them favorably so they can get some of their motions passed. They gotta fight the entire police department that can shut their entire practice down. Let me also give you some breaking news. Every time Attorney Crump works with somebody, it is a local attorney that works on the case. Ask yourself, why is it that the local attorney ain't never on the microphone? Do you think it's because Attorney Crump don't let him on the microphone? Well, that's a lie, because every time I'm with him, he push me to the microphone. When I say I don't even want to be on this bitch, he still make me be on the microphone, which is what you'll see in the film. You got to stop talking and making it up as you go. Yes, you can say, I don't like the fact that uh he be fighting police brutality. That's fine. But also know that only 5% of his cases are police brutality. When you say, I don't like the fact that he make money off dead bodies. Can I share with you that he just uh, just won a, a lawsuit for $100 million for a black man that was alive and well? Can I share with you that he also suing sued, sued Google for black employees for discrimination? Can I share with you that he also suing Wells Fargo? Can I share with you that they also suing Chase Bank? Can I share with you about the black farmers? All of those people are alive and well. So when y'all say shit, you literally just be making it up as you go. Can I also explain to you that the least amount of return that you get for anything is police brutality because they don't value our bodies at all. So they don't pay shit. Can I share with you that the case that I worked on, the housecloth case that was damned six years ago with the 13 black women who are alive and well, they are still fighting that case. Attorney DeMario Simmons in Tulsa is still fighting that case. Do you know how much they offered those black women for their trauma who was alive and well? It wasn't even enough to get on a damn plane, not even a plane ticket. But he always running towards those who were dead. It's plenty victims alive and well. And I don't see y'all saying shit. You simply don't know what you're talking about. Literally don't know what you're talking about. But he lose every case. How could he lose every case when he's not the state? He's not the D.A.? How can he lose every case when he's not the defense? He's only the civil rights attorney. Yes. When you hear, well, he just makes settlements. Yeah, that's what civil rights, that's what you do. Have y'all heard of punitive punitive damages? That's what you do. What else are they supposed to do? Exchange like in the pen, Roman noodles? That's how you exchange damages. And what's so hilarious is each and every last one of y'all, I know have said one time in your life on your job, man, if I sleep and fall, I'm own this bitch. Man, at McDonald's, man, they better hope, I, I ain't never seen a nigga walk in McDonald's and seen a sign, a mop sign that say wet area that ain't said, man, they better hope I don't fall because I'm on this bitch. All, of y'all, all y'all do is sue. You sue for disability, you sue for PPP, you sue for this, you sue for that. We trying to get sued right. We trying to sue for reparations. So why is it if somebody take your life, your family member's life, you should sue and you should break the damn bank. Just be talking to be talking. It don't even make no sense. Oh, but when they do that, uh, that means they ain't going to get convicted. Well, how did George Chauvin get convicted? The settlement for 27 million was before George so- Chauvin got convicted. Yep. Hello. Let me say it one more time. He got the settlement before George Chauvin was convicted. And let me tell you something else. You're going to hear this for the next three weeks. So if you don't like it, get used to it or buckle up if you like it, because I'm going to take you on this journey because he don't talk about it the way that I do. It all be a setup to get a settlement. Tell me when white supremacy has ever in this country set up anything for our favor. Do you know that would mean that he would have to convince? I just want y'all to think about the shit that y'all say. When it's all a setup. Uh, when he get the settlement, they do it so make it go away. I want you to think about this. That means that attorney Crump by himself would have to convince the judge to make it a setup he would have to know in advance every jury because a jury by the way decides how much punitive damages are so he would have to know in advance every juror that's going to be on there and then he would have to go i guess he's the mob he would have to go tell the jury y'all better settle or else and then he has to get the da on his side hey da Let's all get on the whole district attorney's office, hundreds and hundreds that work in the district attorney office. He would have to convince them too. hey, y'all, shh, mom's the word. Let's all get on one accord so they can keep killing black people. That sounds ridiculous. He would have to single handedly change the system. The reason why the people get away with it is because the laws have been set up in place by design. So it's our job to continue to keep pushing the line for the laws. That's how you change the system. But in the meantime, yes, break the bank on their ass. Because guess what? I believe as as long as they got to keep paying that money, that's where the problems start. They don't give a shit about a George Chauvin or some uh, collateral damage going to jail. That's just one less white boy fighting their war. But when you start talking about breaking the bank on their ass, when you start talking about people having to pay, oh, it's totally different. And yes, I agree. It should be qualified immunity so the taxpayers don't have to pay for it. Absolutely. It should come from the police officers. So why don't y'all push that line? Did you know that qualified immunity was ended in New York City? Did you know it was ended in Colorado? Those are facts. So it's not like it can't happen. Oh, you can't end it because of the police union. Well, is there not a police union in Colorado? Is there not a police union in New York City? No, these people that be out here giving you this misinformation, they do it on purpose because they got to keep you locked in to get them clicks. I'm just keeping it real. Let's deal with facts. If it can be changed there, then it can be changed somewhere else. Oh, Joe Biden can't sign no executive order. Well, how the hell did he just sign one on police reform two, three weeks ago? And no, it's not the police reform we need. It's fluff. It's a nothing burger. Absolutely. But he still damn signed it. Because I was pushing, sign something, damn it. Do something. But y'all was in the comments, you don't know how it works. He can't sign an executive order. Oh, we don't need an executive order because they just going to change it back. Well, guess what? Republicans are going to change it back anyway, dumbo. They trying to change Roe v. Wade. How long has that shit been in place? They don't give a damn about changing laws back. They change laws back all the time. They try to do it with health care reform. That's all they do is change shit back. When they come in, they change it back. So you not doing nothing, it's not going to stop them from not changing it back. The bottom line is Joe Biden need to do something because he promised the family. He was looking in their eyes when he said it. And I guess the Lord should have never fixed it that I was in the room because I'm going to keep reminding them. Well, everybody else ain't saying nothing. I'm going to keep reminding them. You was in the room, no, homie, because I heard you tell it. And nobody say, hey, uh, are you going to do something for us? They were sitting there grieving. He volunteered that lie. So I'm going to keep reminding you, hey, homie, you volunteered that lie. you going to do something. Do what you can. If the executive, I understand that. Nope. Y'all wasn't giving me no damn scholars telling me something I didn't know. That's just on the federal level. Of course. But he needs to do what he said he was going to do. And then after that, pick up the phone and get states to do it. Because you damn sure got states to coalesce behind getting you elected. They called all of the politicians all over this damn country. I work with nothing but politicians, elected officials. They coalesced everybody around this country to get on board. Just like they doing with voters right. They know how to coalesce. You mean tell me they don't know how to coalesce? But that's their job, though. They federal. But why they don't say that when they call in these local uh, city commissioners and county commissioners? Oh, you know, we need you on the same page. We need you to support Joe Biden. Why do they do that? They know how to coalesce when it's time to get you to go to the polls. Why they can't coalesce around policy? Well, that ain't their job. It also ain't their job to coalesce to get people to vote for them, but they do that too. So start a damn movement. And say, hey, Colorado, work with Oklahoma. Hey, Oklahoma, work with Missouri. Hey, Missouri, work with Atlanta. We got to figure out something to get some of this shit passed. Because if nothing gets passed, they're going to start thinking we're on bullshit. But guess what? We've been knowing you on bullshit. But can I also tell you that 100 cities have passed some type of police reform since the murder of George Floyd. So there is some change. They don't talk about that either. They got to be the dumbest dumbballs ever. Because to me, I will be talking about the change. They don't want to talk about the change because they still think like the pimp game. They think they got to keep you down and not motivated. Oh, nothing to ever changed. Nothing to ever changed, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. Show up, give me $5 because nothing we need to change, change, change. They're not realizing that that's backfiring. People need to actually know that something is happening. Otherwise, why am I, I going to keep showing up to the fight? It's like the dog, the boy, the cry wolf. Give me a reason to show up to the fight. If you keep showing up in an abusive relationship and she keep going back to her the following week, at some point, the brother gonna be like, well shit, you like it, I love it. But if I show up and you swing on them, you do something, well hey, I might be willing to fight with you. They haven't figured out that concept yet. So they don't, they only want to pick and choose and tell you the good things that they're doing when it come to everybody else. But why they don't want people to know that police reform has been in place? That a hundred cities have changed police reform? Are they, are they afraid that the white folks may not like it? Do they not want to call attention to that? Seem like they want to call attention to that. So those are the questions that you should be asking. And people who don't want you to know that and only want you to know what's not happening, you have to look at their motives too, even if they're pro-black. Because sometimes people's motive is to keep you angry and upset. It's called two things can be done at the same time. Stay mad every day. Celebrate when you can, have joy when you can, laugh when you can, drink when you can. But the next day you get up and you fight. Learn how to have a balance. Stop being so one-directional. I'm done. Y'all have a great day. Make sure you subscribe to Straight Shot, No Chaser. Peace. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot, No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot, No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tesslyn Figueroa, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne Tha For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.